getting some getting the mind of God for your money or wisdom for your money. And you know, I may know that that money makes the world go around, right? You're not going to get very far if you don't have any money. You say, well, I just use plastic. It's still money. And if you're living on plastic, somewhere you're going to have to you're going to have to pay for that credit if you're using credit. If you're using debit, that's another thing altogether, but Money makes the world go around, but faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is the currency of heaven. God's got a lot of money, right? He's got lots of money. He can create a coin in a fish's mouth. But we learned yesterday as I was preaching that, that we are God's instruments on this earth. I mean, the gospel always comes by proxy. You know what that means? That means that God doesn't just send an angel to evangelize or an angel to, to preach behind a pulpit. The gospel always comes by the work or efforts of somebody else. We send missionaries. We go as missionaries. They're, the gospel has been carried on the backs of people that have given their lives for the gospel. They've given, they've sacrificed, not only in a financial way, of course they, they've sacrificed financially, but many of them, if you go back and you read some of the old missionary stories of people that, that pioneered in, in faraway lands and carried the gospel into the depths of Africa and the heart of India and different places, many of them sacrificed their families and their lives for the sake of the gospel. So the gospel always comes by proxy. And we operate on this earth. Of course, we have a, a natural system, but there is a kingdom plan for our finances. And I want us to understand some things because I think sometimes we are only living, living in a natural, on a natural plane when it comes to resources. We only live by, by what we can see. We only live by the, the amount of money that we have in our pocket or in our bank account. And, and therefore, we never believe God can do any more than that or beyond that. God can supernaturally work a miracle in our lives and in our finances and cause us to be blessed beyond our natural understanding so that we can be a blessing and we can do something greater for the kingdom of God. How many know, how many know it takes money to preach the gospel? It takes money to do what we're doing here, to open this new building down the road. It takes money to send, to send missionaries in different places. And, and if we don't have a proper understanding of God's economy and what God wants to do in our lives, we miss out on a lot of opportunities. He says, my people are destroyed, not for lack of good preaching, but they are destroyed for lack of knowledge. How many know wisdom is the principal thing? If you, wanna, if you want to, you know, a lot of people, they have these things. They, they, uh, they go on Pinterest and they have these things, these little hacks, you know, of, uh, in life. The shortcuts and easy way, easier ways of doing things. And they, they, uh, they kind of hack the system. How many know what I'm talking about? They're life hacks. They, they have, there are people, they, they do it, they, they're biohacking their body, they're going to, you know, uh, do everything that they can to cheat the system and get the most out of, out of whatever it is that they're doing. Listen, in, in Proverbs, there is wisdom that, it, that simplifies the process for our lives. Wisdom that makes life easier. How many like to have life a little, just a little bit easier? You know, we, we're, we're doing things sometimes the wrong way. Because we do, we're doing it our way. 
And when we do things our way, we miss out on what God sees from a, from a different perspective. When we only look at in the natural sense, we, we spend a whole lot longer trying to get where we need to go. I've learned this from experience. I've pastored now in, in overseas in Kenya, pastored in northern Colorado, and there were times when I, when I would preach to our people, I knew how much money they made. I thought when I first went out and, 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 and pastored up in Greeley, and I knew the condition. Some people had four, four kids, five kids. There, I knew the amount of money that they made, and I, was, I, felt, I felt bad sometimes. In the beginning of our ministry, I felt a little bit bad receiving an offering. But then the Holy Spirit dealt with me and said, you're not doing these people any favors by taking away this opportunity for them to learn about kingdom giving and the principles that go along with, with, with our resources and our finances. Even when I went to Kenya, you know, there were people in our church, if they made $100 a month, $100, they were doing good. That was not uncommon. For them to, to take a paycheck home to get to get their money, I had one man. He, he's a, he's the brother of our pastor there. I had this man, and he was uh, working for us. And he says, Pastor, he said, before I got this job, I was I was worried that I had no money in the house. But then he began to make some money. We began to pay him, and of course we were paying him because he was working for us. And, and then he got his paycheck, and he took that money, all cash, back to his house. And he came to church on Sunday after being paid on Saturday. He says, Pastor, he says, now I'm worried because I've got money in the house. He was, first he was worried that he had no money in the house. Now he was worried people know that he has money in the house. But if we understand what God wants to do in our lives, we don't have to be worried about it. God has an endless supply of resources for our lives. That is the plan of God. As, as we sow, as we invest in the kingdom of God using wisdom, that God is able to bless us and bring resources in our lives, not so we can become a reservoir, not so that we can, uh, you know, Count all of our money like, like Scrooge McDuck. You remember the cartoon character Scrooge McDuck, and he was always sitting in his gold coins, and, and he's, you know, counting his money. But so that we can be a conduit of the blessing of God, and as he brings it into our lives, it flows out of our lives. I want to be like Mr. Colgate. Do you remember Colgate? You, if, for those that use Colgate toothpaste, who started by tithing just 10% and then ultimately went to 20, 30, 40 until he was finally tithing 100% of his income. Wouldn't that be something to be able to tithe 100%? Just give it all. You just live on the interest of the, of the money and the resources. You just give everything else that comes in. I want you to look with me at Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. And I want to just take a moment and minister along these lines because I believe God's going to give us some things that will help us. We can have a proper perspective on finances and on, on money and on stewardship. You know, well, let's look at it here. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You know it already, probably. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not 
on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He says, trust in the Lord and lean with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In one translation, maybe in the translation you have, it says, he will make your path straight. He'll make your path straight. You know, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, isn't it? I might, I might, you, you would much rather get there the, the, the short way than to take the long way. Probably all of us. Nobody wants to go the roundabout way. You know, when we go through life, there are times we look back and we think, if I had known then what I know now, I wouldn't have taken the, that, that path or that course. I would have just come directly to where I am. When we get wisdom from God on our, on our lives and on our finances, God helps us to bypass the, the, all the other things, and he helps us and he directs us to where we need to be. How do you hear from God? You learn to listen to the voice of God. You listen to the voice of God in your prayer life. You listen to the voice of God in the Word of God, and by getting into the Word of God and and. You know, the shortest between distance between two paths is this right here, wisdom. Wisdom. Get wisdom. We know a lot of things. You know, I've talked to so many people, even in our church, they don't know how to do a budget. They don't know how to handle finances. They lived week to week, paycheck to paycheck, always struggling, and many of them have never learned to put God at the very principal place, the very first place. To put God in the in the in the topmost position of their of their budget. You know, God does not need to be down. Let me just tell this, tell you this. When you're when you're making a budget, don't leave God down at the bottom. Say, well, if I have enough, then I'm going to give and I'm gonna I'm gonna be obedient. Stewardship is the act of organizing our lives so that God can spend us. Think about that for a moment. That's what stewardship is. I don't even know who said it, but it wasn't me. I heard it somewhere else. But I'm going to take credit for it tonight. But you go look it up. Google it. Some people are Google experts. They look up things in church. I don't know. Stewardship is the act of organizing your life so that God can spend you. And when we take God and we very from the very beginning we say God I'm separating the first fruits of my life I'm giving this part Lord this is this is yours God I need wisdom for the other 90% God will begin to speak into our lives and help us so that we can we can increase what we're doing for the kingdom of God it's a, it's a simple principle. It, meant, it is the principal thing. It, wisdom will guard you. It will guide you. And it, the Word of God says, in all of your getting, get wisdom. This is the principal thing. And Proverbs is full of wisdom. And you know, sometimes wisdom is more caught than taught. If you want real strength, if you want real power in your life, get wisdom. Get around some people that understand these principles. There's a lot of these things I learned from my granddad. My granddad had an eighth grade education. Many of you have heard of, of him before. He passed away a couple years ago. But he's a, a good man, Pentecostal preacher, full of the fire of God, pastored a number of different churches. The Assemblies of God beat him up 
practically in the little churches that he that he pastored in in Tennessee and Arkansas and different places and and finally he says you know what I've had enough of this he was about 40 I think maybe 44 years old and was was cutting hair in a barber shop and and he got down on his knees in that barber shop as he was in between customers and he just began to pray God I need wisdom I need your direction somebody asked him one day how did you how did you become wealthy Brother Jones, he says, let me tell you what I did. He said, I got down real, real low. Man, they were looking. They're waiting for the, that, that one little nugget, that one secret that he could give them that's going to change the rest of their world. He said, I got down really, really low. He's talking about in that barber shop. And I cried out to God. You know, they wanted some, you know, super secret revelation type of thing. That is the secret. And God began to speak to him in that barber shop. When he was talking to the Lord and crying out to God and began to give him an idea, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you trailer parks, mobile home parks. I'm going to open doors. And he, so he, he began to look for these opportunities. For next thing you know, he finds a mobile home park that somebody's selling. Back in those days, people were more inclined to carry the note. Rather than send you to a bank to get the, to get the loan, they would say, you know what, we'll just carry it for you. And so that's what they did. He bought his first trailer park. Then he, then he went to another place, talked to a manager there, and said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm looking at this trailer park, or the owner talked to him. I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about maybe, maybe I could buy this from you. You thinking about selling? The guy, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get out of this business. Well, do you think you could possibly carry it for us? Well, I think I'd be willing to do it, and they would carry the note. Then he finds himself one day, he goes into a, a, a deal. I was talking to Pastor Blake about this the other night. He goes in and sits down, and, and he's working out a deal. He finds this, this trailer park, and, and uh, this, this man wants to sell it, and he, they've already agreed on the price. And he goes in, and he sits down, and as they're negotiating, some, the, they come back, and they say, you know what, we've decided we don't want to sell it for, for this much. We want to sell it for $100,000 more and change the price on him while he's sitting at the table. And the Holy Ghost spoke to him and says, buy it. In spite of it being, you know, that's what the Holy Ghost will do. He'll speak a word to you. He'll give you wisdom. He bought that trailer park. $100,000 more, a year later, sold that trailer park for a million dollars more than the price he paid for it. Let me tell you, that, that's the grace of God. Here's, he's, he, wasn't, he, he didn't have an MBA, not NBA, MBA. He didn't have any kind of a, a college degree. He wasn't an expert in the field of business. He was a, a man who knew how to listen to the voice of the Lord. You think God cares more about somebody else than he cares about you? He cares deeply about you. He cares about that situation. He cares about that, that broken down car that you've been driving. How many just flat out sick of used cars? Anybody besides myself? Well, I, I guess the rest of you can drive them. It doesn't matter if you bought it yesterday. It's a used car now, right? I hate used cars. I don't like those the problems that go along with them. There's nothing worse than being broken down in a car. I just get tired of it myself. But you know, the Holy Spirit gave him wisdom and led him and gave direction. And if you want direction for your life, we have to learn to seek out wisdom and 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 find the will of God and 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 
understand what the Lord wants to say. In Proverbs 24, here I want to look at several scriptures in Proverbs. Proverbs 24 in verse 3, out of the Amplified, says, Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. So what is the will of God for us when it comes to our finances? In Proverbs 10.22, listen to this. If you're quick, you can turn over there, but at least write the reference down. Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord brings true riches. And he adds no sorrow to it, for it comes as a blessing from God. You know, in, in the Word of God, Jesus refers to money as a very little thing. There was only one time in the, in the, in the New Testament where Jesus told a person to go and sell everything that he has and follow him. Do you remember what, that, remember what happened in that situation? It was a rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus and he says, good master, what is it that I need to do to inherit eternal life? And he says, okay, you need to, you know, he names these different things, these different commandments. He thinks, okay, that's good. I've, I've done all of these things from my youth. And Jesus says, one thing you lack, go and sell everything that you have and come and follow me. And the Bible says that he went away sad or, or downcast. He was, he was disappointed because it was something that he was unwilling to do. God is not asking or calling us to take all of our resources and bring everything that we have and put it in the offering here tonight. Unless he has specifically spoken that to you. What he is after is our heart. He's after our our families, our hearts, our, our passions, our desires. He wants us to serve Him and live for Him. The gospel needs to be extended to the farthest parts of the world. How do we preach the gospel? How do we buy tracts? How do we evangelize the world? We evangelize it with our resources and we evangelize with our time. Our abilities and we give but, but specifically in the area of finances. Listen, when you, when you get up if you wear a dress shirt, how many know if you if you don't get the first button right, you're in trouble. My grandson Brett likes to dress himself. He's doing a whole lot better now. He's five years old. He'll be six this year. And he likes to dress himself. Every now and then he gets that one button off, you know. And if you get one button off, it just messes up everything else. If you see somebody come to church and they, they've got a button miss, you know, it's some, somehow it's off, something right. And when it comes to the, the, our lives and organizing our lives in, in all these other areas, if we don't get certain things correct in the beginning, it changes everything. And Jesus taught in this area, he says, if, if you're not faithful in this little thing, it throws everything off. Look at Luke chapter 16. Let's turn over there if we can. Luke chapter 16. In verse 10. He says, He that is faithful, and that which is least is faithful also in much. 
And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Nobody can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is that system of government in our lives that, that, that operates without consideration of the things of God. It's all about what we can have, all about what we can get. But it says in, in that scripture we read in Proverbs 10, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Most of the time when people gather stuff, it comes with pain and sorrow when it's just a matter of accumulation. I remember years ago, we had some people that we knew, some, some friends of ours, and they, they, had, they had an immense amount of, of material things. Material, materialism was the order of the day. I would go into this man's garage, and it would not be one, mo one motorcycle. The man loved motorcycle. It would be 50 motorcycles. 50. Not, and, and how many know you can only ride one at a time? Not cheap motorcycles either. Very, very expensive motorcycles. But this man did not have any consideration for the things of God. And, you know, sometimes we look and we see, well, if I had that, if I had what somebody else had, then I would be happy. Then, I, then everything would be all right. How much is enough? Rockefeller said, how much is enough for a man? Just a little bit more than he already has. Just a little bit more, if we just had a little bit more. So more is not necessarily the answer. It's being right with God and being a steward over what God has given us. Somebody said money may not buy happiness, but it helps you look for it in nicer places. You know, wisdom puts us on the pathway to God's blessings. Wisdom is completely different than knowledge. Wisdom is how to apply knowledge. That's what it is. And some people think, well, I don't need any help. I know, I know. You know, there's some people when you try and give them any assistance, they say, oh, I know that. Everything is I know that. There was one pastor we had over in Africa many, many moons ago, many years ago. And whenever Pastor Jones would try and tell him anything about pastoring about mission work or the mission field or anything, it was always, well, I know that. You know, you can't tell somebody anything when they know everything, right? If you, knowledge is one thing, but wisdom is how to apply the knowledge that you have. We're not just, gonna, we're not just going to, uh, you know, stumble through life. We need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You don't have, you can have all the, I've met people, they know things. They, they are like Jeopardy uh, trivia experts. They, they know all kinds of things, but they're ignorant when it comes to the things of God and principle and spiritual wisdom and principles. Wisdom is a relationship. Listen to what Proverbs 1 says in Proverbs 1.20. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks 
You know, it's just, just like you grow in a relationship, you can grow in wisdom. You can grow in understanding. I'm always feeding myself. I'm always, I'm always reading. I'm always learning. I'm asking questions of people. I want to hear, how did you do that? How did you, I ask people that have, that have raised good kids, how do you raise good kids? I ask people that know how to manage finances, I ask them questions about managing finances. Yeah, hardly ever do, uh, we rarely get questions, don't do we, about raising our kids. Thank God for our kids. They're not perfect, but they're serving the Lord. But I hardly ever get people that ask, you know, about certain things about, about raising kids. I figure they, they must already know everything. Dude, but maybe they're asking somebody. But you ought to ask somebody, find somebody, and get some wisdom on some things. Ask somebody. Ask somebody that's got a, that got a good marriage. Watch somebody that has a, has a healthy marriage. Watch how they treat their wife. Watch how they relate to each other. Watch how they discipline their children. When you get around people that have made money, learn, learn some things. Ask them. Get some, get some insight on some things. I, I, would, I would pick my grandfather's brain. I would just talk to him and find out what kinds of things he did and how he, how he was able to do different things. I seek out people that, that, can, that can help me and give me some instruction, getting some wisdom for our lives. So when you get wisdom from God, you grow in wisdom. How do you grow? You apply truth. What good is it if we hear it? You know, some people, it's, it's interesting how we sit in services and we hear the same preaching as somebody else. We sing the same songs as somebody else. And somehow some people grow spiritually. They take it and they mature and there's something different. Others, it's lost on them. Some people are like a sponge. Other people are like that, that, that driveway out there when you pour water on it. It's just gone. I want to be a person that God can speak to me. I, res- I respond to an altar call. I hear the preaching. I say, Lord, I, I can see that's for me. I take it. God, I'm going to apply that. I'm gonna be, I'll be at that altar. I'm going to begin to work on that in my life. When the Holy Spirit lays a finger on an area of my life, I say, okay, Holy Ghost, I, I see it. That needs to change. I'm going to work on that. God, thank you for speaking to me. God, don't give up on me. God, don't, don't leave me to myself. I don't want to end up in a loss and out of and miss, missing my opportunities. The life that God blesses, the person that God blesses is the person that can receive truth. They apply truth, which then gives them the capacity for more truth. God will never give you more. He'll, give you, he'll never give us more understanding and more truth when we haven't done anything with the truth we've already got. We haven't learned to apply it. We haven't put it into practice. The moment we begin to act on the things of God, then he begins to impart something fresh into our lives. That's how we mature. That's how we look. That's how we say a year from now, I can see what God has done in my life. We, we were intentional about it. If you want, if you want growth... If I want growth spiritually, if, if we want growth in our church, we've got to be intentional about growing. We've got to make up our minds. This is where we're going as we are with this new building. We're not just sitting here waiting until they, they finally put a highway next to us and we say, well, I guess we've got to go somewhere. We're intentional about it. Thank God for vision. 
Thank God for people that are willing to, to walk by faith. Listen, that ought to be us every single day, in, in, whether it's when we're at church and we're as a corporate body or individually in our own lives, organize, organizing ourselves with intentionality. Set our eyes on something. We're going to go and we're going to be a year from now different from the way we are today. You know, if, 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 let, me, let me just say something about this. Growth is not automatic in our lives. I've talked to a lot of people. Let me just get into a practical. I'm, I'm still preaching, but let me get practical for just a moment, okay? I've talked to a lot of people that have given no thought. They're, they're in their 50s that have given no thought whatsoever to where they're going to be when they're 65 years old trying to retire, They've, they, have, they've, they haven't given any consideration. Let me just speak to some people that are younger, and, that, that, and, and you can start at any point, all right? But it's better to start when you're younger to start thinking about where you're headed. So, well, I'm, I'm just praying the rapture will come back. So am I. I'm praying Jesus will come back too, but I want to be, be prepared if he doesn't. And if he doesn't come back, if he comes back, praise God, the world can have it. They can, they can have every bit of it. But I want to organize myself so that I can be a blessing. You know, you might want to go on a mission trip one day. You might want to be able to act on a special offering sometime. You might want to be able to say, you know what, Pastor? I'd like to buy that airplane ticket for that missionary. Pastor, I want to be able to buy some more chairs. You know we need 100 more chairs, Pastor. I, I want to buy those chairs. If we live our lives just day by day and just, just barely hanging on by a thread, how are we going to be a blessing when, in, when the opportunity comes? Not just when the need comes, when the opportunity comes. I want to be able to act at any moment. And so the only way we get better is if we, if we make it a priority and we're intentional. And, and one of the reasons that we don't see results is we live on, we live on autopilot. We li- our, our prayer life is on autopilot. You know what I'm talking about, where you just pray the same thing you always pray? Our relationships are on autopilot. Our, our spirituality, our, our church, and certain our Christian experience is on autopilot. The only thing that, that is automatic is getting older, and that doesn't mean you get better. That's a, we're all getting older. But that does not mean that we're getting better. We've got to have vision. We've got to have some, some, some preparation in our hearts. Say, God, I want to be used. God, I want you to do something with me. Let me just give you a couple of things. I want you to write these down, and I'm going to move through these really quick, and then we're going to pray. Number one, you can't earn God's blessing. You cannot earn God's blessing. Well, if I just give, then I can earn God's blessing. You know, I'm, I'm going to give. I'm just giving to get. You can't earn the blessing of God. Blessing, is, b- blessing comes when we walk on the path of righteousness, the path of wisdom. That, that path where, where he says, I'll make your path straight, that's where blessing comes. Wisdom stands on the street corner and says, is anybody wise? Follow me. The path of the just, Proverbs 4, the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter unto the perfect day. That means it just gets better and better. 
Let me tell you the second thing. This, the second thing to write down is this. Prosperity, and I'm, we're, not, we're not a church that follows that line of, of just prosperity preaching for the sake of prosperity. All right? But let me say prosperity is a condition of the heart. It's not a condition of your bank account. It's a condition of our heart. I've been in some places where, where people had, they had little to nothing to their name. Best places I've ever had lunch, and I've eaten in some nice places. One of the best places I ever had lunch was in the house of a man named Peter who, would, who was a guard that worked for us over in Nairobi who invited us to his house. And when we walked into his house, didn't have anything more than I think some pineapple. And uh, what, what else did he have? I cannot hear you. Boiled eggs. Boiled eggs. This man entered, welcomed us into his house and just the, the, the generosity in his heart. I, I, I just felt the love out of, out of this man. So prosperity is a condition of our heart. And, you, and the word of God says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. The third thing, live open-handed. Be generous. I've seen this overseas. It's very different from, from uh, here in the United States. And, and not everywhere, not everybody, of course, but in, in Kenya, people are very open-handed. You, what I have is yours. You know, we, God is not close-fisted with us. God is open-handed. Live open-handed. That's the way of God's blessing. The fourth thing, learn to be grateful. I might have shared this with you before, but I'm going to give this to you quickly. Just listen. If you ask me later, I'll give it to you, and you can, you can write it down. These are common traits of rags-to-riches millionaires. Did I share this last time? Does anybody remember? Common traits of rags-to-riches millionaires. Listen to this. Number one, an openness to learn. Number two, a do-what-it-takes mindset. Number three, a willingness to outwork others. Number four, a spirit of gratitude. Number five, a boldness to invest. Number six, a willingness to delay gratification. That's an important one right there. Because we want everything, we want Amazon to deliver it today, don't we? I think you can get Amazon in the same day here, can't you? You lucky people. But a willingness to delay gratification. And number seven, remember where you came from. A spirit of gratitude. So what, I gave you four things, right? You got those other four? Let me give you the fifth one. If not, you can listen to it later. Number five, live within your means. That means don't spend beyond what you've got. If you make $100, you can't spend 125 so well, I've got I've got a credit card. Don't go down that road. You're asking for trouble. And some some are already paying the price and dealing with the consequences of those decisions. And God can help you rise above that and dig out of that that situation. But you need wisdom. Then the, the, so that's the fifth thing. The sixth thing: start with the finish in mind. Number seven: be desperate for instruction. You know, these are simple truths. It's not, it's not, 
it's not hard to understand. It's difficult to put into practice. It's, easy, it's simple, but it's not easy. Does that make sense? You've got to be disciplined. There has to be some resolve in our hearts. God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to do it your way. I don't want to do it my way. Listen, we've done it our way for so long, and we think we know. And if, listen, if we, if we live with that attitude, five years from now, we'll be in the same position we're in today. We'll be, we'll be dealing with the same problems. We'll be, it'll, it might be a different circumstance, but it'll be the same problems. And I thank God for, for people that can hear the voice of God because God will always send somebody. He'll do something. He's got a thousand ways to get us out of that situation that we're in. We, have, we can say, well, how is it ever going to work out? How is, it, how is my situation ever going to change? God has a thousand ways. I want to leave you with this one thought. Do you remember in 1 Kings chapter 17? If you're taking notes, write down 1 Kings 17. There are two stories that you need to go and, and read. The first one is where the prophet is fed by a raven. And the, and the Lord says, the angel of the Lord says, I've commanded the ravens to come and bring food to you. Have you ever seen a raven? Ravens don't bring food. They take food. He says, I've commanded the raven to come and feed you. That, that scripture... I went back and I looked up that word commanded. It is the same, the very same word that is used for the woman who was starving and was going to make a cake. And he says, I've commanded a woman at Zarephath to make a cake for you, to feed you and sustain you. It's the very same word. That word command for that raven, it is a reversal of its nature. He reversed the nature of that bird. For six months, that bird came and fed and brought food. Now, what kind of a bird brings food? It is a bird that has been reversed in its nature to do what God has commanded it to do. The woman was going to make a cake. She says, I'm going to make a cake for me and my son, and then what? We're going to die. It went beyond all logic. It goes beyond all natural understanding. But when God gets involved and he commands us, you know, this, this principle of investing in the kingdom of, kingdom of God and sending resources and doing something beyond what we're capable of, it's, it's, it's heavenly. It's not natural. Pastor's not, you know, we're not, we're not financing pastor's exotic life here. We're, we're financing the kingdom of God. That's what we're about. And, and thank God for people we, we've had over the years. We've had a, a handful of people that have come in that have been able to do more than others. But by and large, our churches are built out of people that just common people. Just average people. Working nine to five. Working, you know, double shifts. Doing, doing the best that they can. God has a way of, of working in our resources and our finances and multiplying and doing what you and I could never do by ourselves. God gets involved. Our building in Colorado Springs, we bought it for $600,000 in 1993. It was an old grocery store. Nobody wanted to touch that building. It was on the south side of Colorado Springs. I think Emily and I, we never went to that side of town. We had just been married a few years, and, and uh, we never went down that way. Bought that building for $600,000. It was an empty shell. 80, I think 80,000 square feet that building is. 
the remodel on that building was a million two hundred thousand just to remodel it. We had to get a loan. We the the bank financed it. So here we now have a million eight hundred thousand dollars on that on that building. That's a payment. Besides that, when we moved from from the place we were to the place to the new building, the crowd dropped down for various reasons. We we lost quite a few people, and and our crowd dropped way down. We're thinking, man, how are we gonna, Lord? How are you gonna ever? What are we gonna do about this? We we need a we need a serious miracle. But let me tell you something. It was it. This is this is a one hundred percent supernatural. Only God could do this. One man came along, and he says, I want to pay off the entire $1.8 million. And he paid that building off with one check. Just one check. One check. He didn't want to, he didn't have a, it wasn't a big fanfare. He didn't come in, get all the credit. He didn't want anybody else to know about it. As a matter of fact, the whole church doesn't know about it to this day. But there came a second guy who happened to know about the first guy. And he said, if he doesn't do it, I'll do it. Can you imagine that? If the first guy doesn't do it, God says, I've got a second person that'll do it. Let me tell you, for the things that we're dealing with and the places that we find ourselves in, when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and to what he wants to do, God will reverse the nature of our hearts. He'll reverse it and do a miracle. Amen. Let's bow our heads all over this place. Every head bowed, please, in reverence to the Lord. Nobody looking. Let's be praying, Christians praying. Tonight we're going to believe God. We're going to agree and believe God for finances. I believe it's the will of the Lord. It's God's plan that we not be slaves to debt, that we not be overcome by these things. But first and foremost, the greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation. We don't let a single service go by. There's not an opportunity that we let pass without giving people an invitation, introducing them to Jesus. The greatest miracle of all is the, the miracle where he takes a heart, a life that's broken, Someone that is hurting on the inside. Maybe you've, you've turned your back on the Lord. You've been to hell and back, it seems. You've, you've made some bad choices. But tonight you say, you know what, Pastor? I'm, in, I'm desperate. I need God to, to touch me. I need a miracle in my heart. I need salvation. You know, he binds up the brokenhearted. Jesus was moved with compassion, and that's what he's, he, he's moved with tonight. He's moved with compassion for every one of us. Before we go any further, I want to ask how many in this place, you say, I, I'm not born again. I need salvation. Pastor, pray for me. Would you remember me when you pray? How many all over this place would quickly lift it up and put it back down? You say, that's me. I don't know the Lord. I'm not right with God, but tonight is my night. I need prayer. Maybe you've
turned your back on the Lord. You've lost your way. But tonight, the Holy Spirit's knocking on the door of your heart. You say, I want to come home to Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need salvation. I'm not your Savior, but Jesus is, and he's in this place. He wants to work in your heart. How many quickly lift it up and put it back down? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Can we do that? Tonight, I want to open up these altars for a moment. We'll give time to pray. Then we're going to pray and agree together. We're going to lift up our, our financial situation, this church. We're going to believe God for this church. But before we go any further, maybe there's something that's on your heart. The Holy Spirit's dealt with you. Maybe there's some area of commitment, something that's lacking, something in some area. You say, you know what, Pastor, I've, I feel like the Holy Spirit is dealing with me on this. I want to make some time. Let's, let's do that this evening. Before we go any farther, we'll sing through a couple of times, and then we'll, we'll begin to pray. Amen. You feel free. Let's, let's come and find a pray, place to pray, those that would like to. These altars are open. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
Spirit, we need you. Just wait on the Lord here. You know, God's, God's hand is on us. God doesn't want to leave us the same. He doesn't leave us year to year just to fight it out. He wants us to grow. 